The first time somebody asked me to be on their podcast, I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and forward this to John for you. They're like, no, 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 I want you on my podcast. I'm like, well, why? Podcast Junkies, episode 34. And we are live from the Major Deacon Expressway in New York City, which is where I happen to be testing out a recording from my ATR 2100 into the Apple uh, camera adapter, I think it's called. It's a USB to lightning adapter. And I'm recording this straight into the voice memo app on the phone. So assuming I don't get any strange looks from folks driving next to me on the highway, wondering why I'm holding up a microphone, (laughs) uh, I'll probably go with this and uh, just as something to test out. I think part of the challenge is always trying to find the right time, if this is not something you're doing full-time, to get in the intros, uh, the recordings themselves, and uh, not to mention the editing, the posting. So it's a challenge, and and I'm sure a lot of you that have started podcasting probably feel this crunch, especially as your show progresses and you realize there's a lot of moving parts. So... Um, that's something I just wanted to try because I've been meaning to get this intro recorded for an episode, uh, an interview that I actually recorded now probably a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, I realized that I'm the bottleneck in this process. So I'm assuming this is a bit too much information, but if you have questions about this or you uh, resonate with this topic, then uh, shoot me a note so I know I'm not alone here losing my mind. Anyways, uh, we're talking to Kate Erickson today. Kate is um, really fantastic and warm and and engaging and really likable person. I I know that sounds like a weird collection of adjectives, but I think it it describes her because um, from the first time I met her, I realized that she's the type of person that goes out of her way to make you feel uh, like someone that she wants to have a conversation with. And... She's uh, the partner of John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and she's actually uh, plays a big role in 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 that organization in in that enterprise, um, getting uh, the blog posts up um, and a lot of the other stuff that uh, a couple of which she touches upon in this interview. But I think what I really wanted to do is speak to her about her foray into podcasting, which is why I have her on the show. Her podcast is called Kate's Take. And she takes what she's done is take excerpts from the some blog posts that she's done, um, some topics on on how to how to uh, get your enterprise your your project off the ground, um, and tips that she had blogged about previously, but now she's repurposing that content into the podcast episodes. I think she's done a fantastic job. She's had had a couple of uh, episodes that I thought were really spot on that I. I had to repost because I think the, the content she was providing was really valuable. And to be honest, I hadn't read those posts that she was referring to. So it just goes to uh, show you that you, you have to think about delivery of your content from a bunch of different perspectives. People that like to read blog posts might not be the same people who like to listen to your podcast. So give them the content in as many avenues as possible. And you'll be surprised at how many new folks you have um, checking out your content. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
And as always, feedback at the website podcastjunkies.com. This episode is brought to you by Prodconf. Yes, I'm still on the highway. Yes, I'm still trying out this new recording. And I'm trying to be as productive as possible while I'm on the road. Needless to say, that's a topic that's always top of mind for me. And it's something that I've really paid close attention to as I started my podcast and as I put together some other endeavors that uh, will be coming out in the next couple of months. Along the way, I've learned to follow and pay close attention to people who do this for a living, who talk about this, who blog about this, and also, just as importantly, demonstrate that they understand the importance of productivity uh, by virtue of how successful they've been in their uh, career or in their business. So you'll notice that the conference is, is one day. It's a single track intensive. That's how I like to think about it. I think of it as an opportunity for you to get the collective knowledge of the eight, nine speakers that I'm going to have there um, and just get as much value as you can out of having them in the room. It's a conference that I wanted to go to myself and I, and I didn't see one out there, which is why I created it. And it's, this is really a passion project for me. It's the biggest endeavor I've ever taken on in my entrepreneurial journey. And I'm really passionate about the fact that I want you to get 10x value out of having these folks there. Folks like Mike Vardy, folks like Jordan Harbinger, Jason Gaynard, Natalie Sisson, people that are super successful and have demonstrated that they understand the magic formula for being successful and getting things done. And they do it in a way that is not about learning what's the latest tip or latest trick because that's not what the conference is about. It's really being in a room and being motivated by the speakers that are there because they're, they operate at a level that you want to be at from, for whatever purpose you can think of. And the other thing is having people in the room with you seated, seated at the table next to you who understand the value of attending a conference like this who are successful in their own right and just want to take their, their business or their, their product or their service or their company to the next level. They're always trying to improve themselves. Personally, that's, those are the types of people that I want to be around. I want to be around people who are not content with the status quo and as much of, as, as they've learned feel that there's always room to learn more. Those are the types of people that really, really motivate me. Those are the the five folks I want to have closest to me. Those are the people that I feel will take my business personally to the next level. And I'm super excited to have this event. I'm, I'm really excited for you, you folks to be there. And I think you'll really get a ton of value out of it. Go to the website. Register for the conference. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. The site is prodconf, prdcnf.com. Or I created a, a URL that's a bit easier to remember. It's downtownproductivity.com. So if you are someone that's actually listening to this as a fan of Podcast Junkies, I want to make sure that you guys get tremendous value out of this. And so now what I'm doing is, especially for people that are listening to the podcast, only you guys, I created a special 
coupon code that'll give you a discount. It's a big discount, and it's something I want to do for my loyal listeners of the show. So head on over to the site, and when you check out, type in the coupon code Harry sent me. That's H A R R Y S E N T M E, all one word. And that's my token of appreciation for you because I think as a listener to this podcast, you already understand the importance of listening to conversations of successful podcasters. And so a couple of podcasters will be speakers. Mike Vardy, Jordan Harbinger, but there's other folks, Natalie Sisson, of course, uh, Elon and Guy Ferdman of Satori Prime. And there's other folks there who have other businesses that are just as successful. So it's my gift to you. Thanks for listening. Uh, I won't let this go on any further. I'll let you get on to our interview with the lovely Kate Erickson. Enjoy. So Kate Erickson, thank you so much for coming on Podcast Junkies. Um, Harry, thank you for bringing me on Podcast Junkies. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. Um, we've met, we've, so this is not just purely um, like online conversation. We've actually met in real life and we've hung out. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I want to know if we're going to do that again in 2015. I hope so. What do you guys, I, I saw that you posted the conferences to attend this year. I think um, probably podcast movement is one of them where we might meet up because I don't think you guys are going to make it to NMX. Yes, that is correct. We will not be going to NMX. We'll be, but definitely podcast movement. And then will you be going to social media marketing world? That's in March, right? Mm-hmm. In San Diego? San Diego, uh-huh. Everything's in San Diego. Right, I, of <laughs> course. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm going to try, what are the dates on that? Uh, it is March... It's mid-March. Actually, okay. I want to say it's the last week in March. Okay. Yeah, like oh, the got... 20... I, I have a calendar behind me, so I keep turning yeah, yeah. around and looking at it. It's March 25th, 25th, 26th, and 27th. You've got the... Is that the new year? New, any you year calendar? Oh, no. I think it's just something that I found on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably okay. not as fancy as that. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, Mike Vardy turned me on to it. I actually bought it myself. It's neuyer.net. And it's, um, it's awesome. It's, you can do it landscape or vertical and it's uh, laminated. So you can do uh, right with it like a whiteboard. Yeah. If, if I zoomed in the camera right now so that you could see what that looked like, you could tell that I can't erase stuff and correct stuff. I just have like, I started using Sharpies because before I was just using pens and yeah. then I'd make a mistake. And so I'd use a Sharpie that denotes that like that is for real. So hopefully it doesn't change again. <laughs> so there's different levels of commitment. If it's just like there's pencil, pen, uh, and then Sharpie means there's no way that's going to change. Yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, I need a new calendar. <laughs> I was at my uh, I was at my parents' house, and my niece was like, "Oh, I want to show you a new trick." And it was like a whiteboard, and she wrote on it with a with a sharpie, and then she wrote on it with like a dry erase on top. And then I think I got the order of that right. But then, so then, if you erase it, it erases the sharpie underneath. Wow, that's actually <laughs> an excellent tip. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, that's cool," and she was like all excited. So awesome. So. Um, How's how's the uh, the podcasting been for you? I know you're 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 above fifty episodes now, right? 
Yeah, just very recently I crossed 50, which was really exciting. And it's funny because in my 50th episode, I was like, yay, thank you guys so much for helping me get to 50. And then I was like, wow, I feel like I just <laughs> said this a couple episodes ago. Like, thanks for helping me get to 45. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's exciting as landmarks. I mean, I think sometimes we get so involved in the creation of our content and, you know, continuing that consistency that when you actually stop and say 50 episodes, like yeah. I actually was kind of like, wow, 50 episodes is a lot. I mean, that's it a is. big commitment. Um, as you know, a time commitment and it's definitely helpful. I found that a topic based podcast where I'm just, you know, on the mic by myself, I got to hand it out to interviewers because I can't even imagine like I don't have to worry about scheduling. I don't have to worry about, you know, rescheduling. Uh, I'm, I don't know if that's a huge issue for you or not as an interviewer. But um, I guess the trade off is that I have to create all the content myself. So yeah. <laughs> there's a little give and take there. But yeah, the podcast is going great. I'm having a lot of fun. And it's actually just a really cool experience to continue to uncover what it is that people resonate with most. That's so fascinating to me because no matter how well you think you know your audience or no matter how good you think you are at a particular subject, creating content and getting feedback is just such a lesson to be learned. I mean, you yeah. know, I'm constantly getting feedback about stuff and I just really love hearing, you know, what resonates with people most and, and I'm learning so much in the process. I think what's fascinating is the dy dynamic that you have with your audience because, you know, when everyone starts, you're talking into a microphone in your room, in your office, in your home, and you feel like you're talking to yourself and you're like, is anyone listening to this? <laughs> you know, what am I, what am I doing this for? Who am I doing this for? And I know uh, John talks about the avatar and, and I'm sure that played a part in you figuring out who your audience was that you were talking to. Big time. And, you know, I've heard from a lot of people, you know, it must have been really easy for you to start your podcast since you have Entrepreneur on Fire behind you. And it's like, you know, I I don't think that John has ever talked about Kate's take on Entrepreneur on Fire. I think kind of people have a misperception that, you know, I'm using the Entrepreneur on Fire brand, which I mean, I'd, I'd be kind of silly not to. Of course, I'm doing yeah. that in some respects. But um, just in terms of like figuring all that out on my own, like I'm having to do all of that. My avatar is not the same avatar that John has for his podcast. So absolutely, you know, I had to go through all those steps too with Kate's take for sure. So what's been the biggest surprise for you? Because you came, you know, you, you've talked about it a couple of times. You came from a world that was nothing like <laughs> the, the world you guys live in now with online marketing and podcasting and, you know, having, running a a course uh, to teach people how to podcast. You know, I would venture to say two or three years ago, a lot of this stuff was probably something you hadn't even thought of. Definitely true. There's <laughs> so much that I'm doing today that I, I never would have thought of. And I think what kind of surprises me the most is, you know, you can have a conversation with somebody in everyday life and they still don't know what a podcast is. There's a lot of people yeah. who don't know what a podcast is. And to think that we've built an entire business around it and like the lifestyle that we have right now because of a podcast, I actually started, I was really inspired the other day. I don't know if it was something that someone said to me or just kind of a train of thought I was going off of, but I opened up a document and like the first thing I wrote was how a podcast changed my life. And mm. not only from my perspective, because of like what the business that John and I have built has done for me, 
But what I see it doing for thousands and thousands of other people every single day is just, it, it surprises me because like you said, a couple years ago, I didn't even really know that entrepreneurship was an option for me, let alone entrepreneurship based on a podcast, because I didn't know what a podcast was a couple years ago either. So that's been very eye-opening. You know, you some things that you just never even imagine are reality if you want them to be. It's so funny because we're in this world and, you know, I, I basically dove headfirst into it from the moment I attended New Media Expo in January of 2014. And it's been like a whirlwind <laughs> since then because I'd listened to podcasts previously, but just music podcasts, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a DJ. I love making music. And for me, a podcast was just music and the concept that it could be like people speaking and you could learn from it was really fascinating. I was talking to a friend yesterday um, and he's looking to get started. You know, he's, he's like, yeah, I've heard of one or two. But you sort of forget that if like when we're at the conferences and we're on our shows and we're talking to other people, we think everyone in the world is podcasting. <laughs> and yes. we think like, yeah, like everyone knows about this. Oh, my God. Or you have an idea. You're like, oh, no, like uh, everyone else has that idea. And um, it's funny because I'm talking to him and it's funny when you talk to people who are not into it. Um, but they want to and they're really excited. I'm like, yeah, just jump into it, get started. And all the things we tell people, like, don't think too much. And he's like, I have an idea. He's like, but don't tell anyone. I'm like, I laughed at him. <laughs> like, I laughed at him. Really, I was like, dude, you really got to understand like this idea of, of stealing like your idea is really not going to happen because you're going to tell a hundred people your idea. And maybe, maybe one person would actually say, yeah, that's something I would want to do. The rest of the people... Um, they just talk a lot of BS and they're like, yeah, I'll do that. But a lot of times people are not going to have, um, the desire or the drive to actually make a business or make a go out of it. Yeah. Taking action is, you know, obviously the number one thing. And that, that always amazes me too. So I, I get emails from people and they're like, I really want to talk about this business idea, like in the Facebook community, but I'm kind of scared if I, you know, talk about the domain that I'm looking for, that maybe somebody else is going to buy it. And I'm just like, Wow, the mindset is, uh, you know, I, some people just don't know. And yeah, yeah. if you're coming into this space and you just don't know yet, uh, I just think it's sad that there's that scarcity mindset out there that would actually lead someone to believe that they can't go to their community and ask for feedback because they're scared that somebody else is going to steal their idea. Um, you know, that belief that there's room for everyone and you know all ships rise in a high tide i mean yeah. I, I want more people to get on board with that it's funny because if you you know if you think about the population of people that um you know that live in the in this country and the people that are able to um have maybe disposable income to start something like this or a drive you know that that population is really really huge and i think we're only dealing with like a small portion of it. And I think we're so, sometimes we're so immersed in it that we think like this is, this is everyone must, must be thinking the same thing. I think on your last, one of your last episodes, you talked about squashing doubt as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was, um, I think actually my most recent episode, you know, it's something that everybody struggles with. I mean, everybody deals with that no matter what niche or what industry or whether you're an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur. I mean, that's just human beings. And, you know, of course, it holds so many people back, but it doesn't have to if, if you kind of understand how to approach it and how to overcome it. And, you know, even a few situations versus no situations at all, you're going to be five steps ahead of somebody else. Um, 
it's funny how we can grow really quickly with um, with a podcast because even myself, like I find it by virtue of repetition, you interview people, you interview people, um, you see things that you could have asked and that you didn't or you fumble and then you say, you know, what was it about that specific interview that I could have done better? And it's just it's almost like a, like a sports player. Like the more he plays, the more shots he takes. Obviously, the more he's going to refine his skill. So, given that you're up to fifty so far, have you seen even in that period of time how your your skills um, as a podcaster have changed? So drastically, and and I like it reminds me too of even before I started my podcast, the first interview I did on somebody else's podcast was the worst. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's true of anything. And it, and it's pretty amazing that with podcasting, like it's very obvious, like you liken this to a sports player. And what does every sports player's coach make them do after the game? You watch tape, like you yeah. watch yourself make those mistakes. You see like, you know, how you miss that pass or you see what a bad idea it was for you to, to like try to throw the ball behind your back or whatever it might be. And it's like, as a podcaster, sometimes I feel kind of weird when I listen to my own episodes. Like, yeah, have you definitely. ever taken up your iPhone and you're like, oh, I kind of don't want anyone to see that I'm listening to my own podcast right now. But it's so incredibly helpful. And I think that that's why I've been able to make such, um, well, you know, I hope what I believe I've made really far strides in a pretty short period of time with podcasting because, you know, I've been I've listened to myself. And when you're recording, you don't really realize it. You don't really realize how stiff you sound or how scripted you sound. And when you go back and listen to it, you're like, wow, I really need to loosen up a lot. And that's yeah. something that, you know, especially doing an audio blog, it's really easy to get into the rhythm of just reading my posts because that's what's easiest. I mean, that's, you know, how I felt most comfortable in the beginning. But now after listening to how, you know, unconnection-y that sounds, <laughs> I don't know what the right word is for that, but... Unconnected maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I've definitely improved a ton since I started, I, I feel like. Um, I interviewed Shunivas Rao and he makes it a point to go back specifically for the, t the, the, the points we just mentioned to listen to his interviews because in his mind, like there's no way, no other way in, in which he's going to get, improve his skills as a, as an interviewer. If he doesn't, you know, to your, to your point, watch the game tape, right? Because he listens, he's like, oh man, I, I should have pushed on this question more with this topic or um, uh, I should have probed deeper or I could have asked the question another way or, or you know, my, or I wasn't on, on my A game. And so it's so, so funny. It's the first time I uh, heard it meant referenced as, you know, Monday morning quarterback, if you will. But mm -hmm. I, th I think it's fantastic. And I think um, I, I probably should do more than I do now, but it's, it's really important if, in fact, we want to improve our skills as podcasters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing, you know, I, I think it's really important to listen to yourself, but I think it's also important to listen to other podcasts. Like I love listening to other topic based podcasts because especially of people, you know, that obviously that I look up to and I enjoy their content and I enjoy the way that they connect with their audience because I can learn from them too. Um, I can learn a lot from the way that they structure their shows or, you know, different techniques or tactics that they might use for engagement on their show, their calls to action. 
Um, you know, so following other podcasters who are doing what you want to be doing as a topic based or an interviewer, you know, if you look up to an interviewer in the space, then you should absolutely be listening to their podcast to see, you know, how it is that they interact with their guests and, and with their audience too. And some of the things that I've been consciously aware of is people who have been doing this for their careers, like people like Lang or Charlie Rose. Um, I think I've been more aware of paying attention to how they handle interviews um, because I think if I think it's fascinating with what they do and they're they're obviously the masters um, of, of of what they do and I, and I think it's really really important to you know not just podcasters but in fact the act of interviewing itself is a skill mm, for sure yeah I think there's a lot to be learned from people that don't really on the surface seem like they're in this space necessarily because maybe they don't have a podcast, but the principles of what you're doing, you know, communicating with people and and being a good interviewer. Absolutely. So it's funny because you were first on podcasts because, um, people wanted to find out more about, uh, the the woman behind the man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it started. They're like, let's get behind the scenes. I think um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but uh, yeah, I remember those assorted scenes. I know you, Dave Jackson had you on as well. Yeah. Oh, I loved being. That was such a fun podcast. I had Dave on. He's a blast. He's so much fun. Yeah. I actually, I'm really glad that he invited me. I, I was so honored to be invited on his podcast. I never really thought that Dave would be like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously in the beginning you said you were all, you know, you were nervous because um, it was the first time people were interviewing you and it must have felt strange. Like the first time you were on to, to, to think, you know, even though you, you knew you guys were having success with um, Entrepreneur on Fire and Podcasters Paradise, Um, I imagine it felt strange for someone to be actually interviewing you and asking you questions. The first time somebody asked me to be on their podcast, I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and forward this to John for you. They're like, no, no, no. I want you on my podcast. I'm like, well, why? (laughs) I didn't really get it. Um, But yeah, I think there's a lot to be said of, of everything that goes on behind the scenes, especially for people who may not excel in that behind the scenes type of work. Um, you know, I think it's important for podcasters to understand what it takes behind the scenes to run a successful business, to run a successful podcast. Um, you can be amazing at interviewing and, and setting up a website, but there's a lot more that goes into actually growing an audience and, you know, creating a community and creating a brand. And so I, it, once I kind of looked at it from that respect, then I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And I actually kind of, it really helped me step out because behind the scenes two years ago was the perfect way to describe me in every aspect of my life. I didn't want to be in the spotlight. I wasn't comfortable like people looking to me or turning to me for answers because I didn't want to give people the wrong answers. You know, I very much played that role in everything that I did. And for people to come to me and and actually show me that they valued the expertise and the skills and the knowledge that I have has helped me so much in my journey, like priceless that 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 has been opened up for me. So I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. So I, w- I was wondering because you meant you touched upon um, you you'd never specifically sought out the spotlight before and um in terms of being recognized for the for the work that you're doing, was that an aspect of um, positions you had previous to joining John? 
I think that that was definitely a big part of it. I think a big part of it, though, was mindset. It was my mindset around, you know, doubting myself, um, not being having a lot of confidence. So I don't necessarily think that it was like the roles that I had in my previous jobs. I think it was more the way that I, you know, saw myself. And until I gave myself permission to share the knowledge that I have and, and to really believe that you know, I did have important stuff to say. Um, you know, it wasn't until I was able to make that mindset uh, shift that I was really able to step out and do that. But, you know, there's there's a lot of parallels, of course, in the previous jobs that I had. I was, you know, in admin level positions um, for a lot of my career. And, you know, that's not very confidence boosting. <laughs> I sat at a, a job for three and a half years without a single promotion. And I was at mm. the, you know, lowest position that I could have been in there. So, you know, that was a little disheartening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that that played a role. But I think the biggest part of it was mindset. Do you think that having gone through those experiences and having been in those positions and, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've been in corporate America for a long time as as well. So I've, I've seen um, what happens in terms of motivation to people when they feel like their contribution is not being recognized. And, um, you know, so we've seen that ourselves and then we, we've probably seen it in, in, in people that we know. Um, so have you been able to translate like what your experience in transitioning to your work it, into your role as an entrepreneur to like feedback or advice to friends of yours? Yes, definitely. You know, it wasn't again until I gave myself permission to understand that, you know, when I was on my corporate job, I was waiting for somebody else to give something to me. I thought that if I was doing everything that my boss told me to do and I was fulfilling my job responsibilities and I was working really hard, you know, I'm a very driven, motivated person. So I thought that if I was checking all those boxes, that somebody was just going to hand me what I was looking for. And once I was able to recognize and understand that nobody else was going to give that to me, that's when I, I took my entrepreneurial leap. Finally, you know, I finally understood that it was up to me to make that happen. And so I've definitely, you know, been able to share that story with a lot of people. And I think really help them understand that you don't become an entrepreneur just because you have a great business idea and you quit your corporate job. You know, that is work that you need to do time that you need to put in and drive and motivation that you need to be giving yourself and that you also need to seek out in communities and, and networking events and conferences and you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people for that support, because that's definitely integral too. But yeah, I've, I've absolutely felt like through sharing that story of when I was able to have that mindset shift that, you know, I need to be the one to take action and do this. Nobody else going to do it for me. And, and I hope that that helps other people realize that there's a lot of work to be done as an entrepreneur, but you know, you definitely have that support system from online communities and attending conferences like you had mentioned before. Yeah, I, th I think it's so important. I used to, when I used to have folks that reported into me, we would do the, um, like a, a biweekly review and I would tell them that I'm only 50% responsible for like the growth of your career. So, you know, I was trying to put the onus on, on them as well to say, like, you got to take responsibility for determining where you want, where you want to see yourself in like two or three years. And I think, you know, for some people it resonated, for some people it didn't. But I think to your point, it's a mindset because um, 
sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and, it, and if you're you're in that stuck in that role, um, and you don't see other people around you that can motivate you or inspire you to show you that there's a different path, um, you'll just stay there forever. And so I think that's why it's so valuable this community that we're in, these conferences that we're attend. I mean, personally for myself, like I'm surrounding myself, continuing to surround myself with like folks that literally operate at another level that I didn't know existed. You know, these six figure, seven figure earners that their concept of money, their relationship to money, um, how they value services, how they price services, like complete, complete mind shift, man. It's a lot of the stuff is crazy because I felt like I've been in the cave like prior to that. I didn't know that this, that I didn't know that this existed, but it's almost like having known now, um, completely changes like the way you approach, um, the things you do as an entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely. I think the more that, like to your point of kind of, you know, maybe in the corporate world, not really seeing anyone around you doing things that you're like, oh man, I got to, you know, get up on that level or, you know, we get comfortable and that's the worst thing that we could be is comfortable. And and what I've found in jumping into the entrepreneurial space and, and talking about the people in these communities and who are surrounding ourselves with and, you know, being so inspired and motivated by this next level of, um, you know, achievement and success that's trying to be um, lived is, you know, that's getting out of your comfort zone. And to have other people along with you doing that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's really important. And I, and I think the more we're involved in the space, the more we can see the potential um, of building relationships. I've, I've, been a huge proponent um, of networking, you know, recently, probably without labeling it prior to that, but just more so recently understanding the importance and the power of connecting with people that are like-minded and on their same path and um, are not trying to take you down. You know, they're there to support you, right? Because in a corporate world, sometimes you're reserved about what you want to who you want to work with or, or who you want to give like your, your new idea to. Cause you know, we've all had bosses that take credit for your, no, <laughs> your yeah. idea and that sucks. Right. So the interesting thing about the communities that I've, I've found, um, with podcasting and with the, the conferences is that it's very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that's what is so inspiring and motivating every single day in podcasters paradise is, like how in it people are to help each other. And that's exactly how we built a community. And, you know, I could not be more grateful and blessed for the people we've attracted to the podcasters paradise community, because every single one of them feels that way, you know, they want to help each other, they want to lift each other up. Um, And that's, that's really, really cool to see. So um, I'm going to change gears for a little bit. But um, how like, How's how's this been for you personally? Because I know like there's been a whirlwind of attention on you guys and with interviews um, and appearances and connections. I, I know you, you you recently posted about uh, Tim Ferriss reposting one of your blog posts. Um, how you know just personally, how has that been for you in terms of like the exposure you guys have been getting so far? Incredibly humbling. Um, it's you know. When I saw that Tim Ferriss has shared a blog post and, you know, when I see us mentioned in Forbes and on Inc.com and, you know, Time Magazine, it's so humbling to know that we're having this big of an impact on people and that, 
you know, people are listening, we're helping people and, you know, we're helping people achieve what it is that we've achieved through the experience of us achieving it. And, you know, we have a long ways to go. I certainly don't see us at the top of our game right now. You know, I think it's in and a journey that we're very much enjoying every step of the way, but it's definitely very motivating and reassuring um, to see these types of mentions because, you know, the hard work that we put in all the time that we invest, the sacrifices that John and I make every single day to be able to create what we create, um, you know, it's all so worth it when you get that email from, you know, someone in your community saying that you've changed their life or, you know, in Podcasters Paradise, when somebody says that they've landed a sponsor or in Webinar on Fire, when somebody tells us they've made 10K on a webinar, you know, that kind of stuff is is just as motivating as, you know, the Time and Inc. and Forbes mentions. Of course, it's, you know, great for our credibility and authority to have a spread on different mediums like that. But, you know, it's all very, very humbling. Yeah, and I want to... Um, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested because you're an integral part of the Entrepreneur on Fire brand, but I want to make sure this conversation stays about you. <laughs> um, what, but from your perspective, like, what do you think um, are going to be some of the biggest challenges, um, maybe for you personally, um, as you look to the upcoming year? Well, I think continuing to really push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I talked about behind the scenes being kind of the life that I lived in, in every respect possible. And that's still something that I definitely struggle with. You know, being on the podcast, having my own podcast has really helped a lot. Um, I've started taking on speaking engagements, um, which two years ago, I would have never, ever, ever, ever considered. Um, but you know, it's very exciting, but it's absolutely still super scary for me too. So, you know, I, I know that I need to continue pushing myself and getting myself out of my comfort zone, which obviously isn't easy. You know, I still have fear and doubt creep in every single day. Um, you know, luckily I, I've surrounded myself with the right kind of people and, and we have an amazing community and, and they're the ones that help me get past all that fear and everything. But, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not still a struggle. So, you know, I'll continue to try to push the limits in, in every way that I can. And I know that every time I'm able to break through another thing that scares me or break through, you know, another level of discomfort that I'm only making, you know, myself better. And as an extension, I'm able to help other people do the same thing. And, and that's really what I'm all about. You know, I'm willing to fail and, and fall down and be scared and get out of my comfort zone because I want to be able to take what I learn and teach that to other people so that they can do the same thing. That's really inspiring. Um, I, I think it's a function um, of who you are as a person. And uh, I tend to be a good um, reader of, uh, of people, I think, when I first meet them. And and I work a lot off of like just vibe and energy. So I think when we first met, I was like this, you know, I could tell that you were a genuine person, you know, and that, um, you know, you meet someone and they're like, they, they put up a front and, you know, they, they seem to, maybe you heard them on a podcast or whatever, and they sound like one, one way and then you meet them and you're like, 
that's not the person on the show. <laughs> yeah, not a good thing. A, <laughs> and it's really like an awkward moment. You're like, um, okay. <laughs> Maybe then, I'm not thinking that you're the right person. <laughs> Do you have a twin that does a podcast? <laughs> so, but I think it's like, um, you know, I'm sure your your close friends would say that it's your 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 genuine personality, like it, who you are, like and who who we now hear on the podcast, um, and who we've heard through your 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 words on the blog is like who you are in real life, and like, um, so that's why it shouldn't be surprised to people that meet you and that that find that you're outgoing and genuine and warm and, and caring, um, because that's who you really are. Oh, that's really, really awesome. Thank you for that. You know, I feel the same way about you specifically, Harry, because, you know, I I feel like a lot of times when I meet people, um, you know, I'm trying to play up in energy or, you know, every time I find myself doing something that I think I should be doing, I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. And so, you know, I learned a long time ago that you just need to ditch that game because being who you are is the only way that you're going to stand out. You know, we all have unique personalities and experiences and finding out through whether it be like through a personality test or, you know, going and talking to the five people that are closest to you to really get a good feel for what your strongest qualities are and how you can stand out from the rest of the people that are launching podcasts, launching blogs, launching businesses. You know, that's really powerful part of growing your brand. And I'm lucky to have discovered that a while back because it's just uncomfortable not to be yourself. That's so much work too, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you could have twice as much energy. <laughs> yeah. Cause you got to put up this front and then, you know, you have to, you have to think about the people that you put up the front to and the people you didn't, you're like, okay, which face did I show to this person this day? <laughs> right. And then at the end of the day, it's just too much work. And, um, like you said, I, I, that's why I resonate more with like the people that I've heard on shows that you can tell that they're they're real and genuine. You know, they they curse whenever they want to, and you know they 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 say what's on their mind, or or they go through a particularly tough moment and they just really just let it all hang out on the podcast. And you're like, wow, this person's being real. This person's being genuine. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how people are going to connect with you. That's how you're really going to attract your avatar. That's how you're really going to get to know, you know, who your audience is and what you should be providing to them through just being real yourself. Because, you know, people are going to be certain people are going to be attracted to that because of who you are. So, you know, if if you can't play who you are, then you're never going to find your target audience. And the most important thing, I was talking to my friend who's looking to start a podcast and he, he wants to target, um, he's in corporate America and he wants to target re- leverage relationships that he has with uh, CEOs and um, so other C-level executives. And he was telling me like all the aspects of what his plan was. And he said, and I said, um, he said, yeah, it, you know, a, a lot of people might be doing it. And I said, look, at the end of the day, even if like a hundred people are doing it, no one has like the unique combination of your life history, where you grew up, where you were born, who your parents were, where you went to school, what struggles you went to, what neighborhood you grew in. Like the minute you start adding all those variables, you come up with this like super unique DNA of who you are. And no one, even if they tried, could replicate that. So you could take, you know, 10 people, give them the 10 subjects, even give them the 10 same guests. And like all 10 people probably like sound completely different and come at it at a different, from a different perspective. 
Yeah, super powerful. I I think that that's a great message to be sending to new podcasters who are just starting out. You know, a lot of it's in the storytelling and your ability to, you know, bring something unique to the table. And what better way to do that than to just be you? Nobody else is you. <laughs> well, um, we'll wrap up in, 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 in a little bit here. But I, I was wondering what you think some of the biggest opportunities are for podcasters in the upcoming year. Wow. Um, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think that there's a big opportunity in the podcasting space to really play what we were just talking about. There's a lot of people that have been inspired to start a podcast because they think that it's going to make them a lot of money or they think that they can grow an audience really super fast. I think that there's a great opportunity for people who approach a podcast in the way that I believe a podcast should be approached, which is creating incredible content. And whether that just be through the knowledge that you're sharing or through the production quality that you have or through the guests and the connections that you're able to make, you know, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. You don't have to be perfect in every single one of them. But if you look at the shows that are topping charts right now, um, you know, a lot of them are NPR and of mm -hmm. course they have resources and and the ability to do a lot of things that maybe, you know, not everybody can do, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've found a niche in this storytelling, um, in this production quality, in a unique spin on entertaining people. And so I think that there is an opportunity in the podcasting space to really step it up a notch and not just start a podcast because you have knowledge that you want to share with a specific group of people, but start a podcast because you have a unique and awesome way of sharing that content and make it good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just launch a podcast and talk about anything. Make it good. <laughs> Take pride in your work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've you've taken a subject that is, you know, obviously very popular and you've put your own unique spin on it by just talking to the people who are behind the podcast. And, yeah. you know, nobody else is doing that. I mean, just there's so many possibilities. And, you know, for people who are just creating podcasts that are already out there. Yes, you can you know, put your own unique spin on them because you're you, you know, we just talked about that, but there's got to be something else to it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really know that there's a formula to follow or something to teach people in this, but, you know, just the idea that there are people out there doing really amazing things with podcasting and it's not because they're copying what somebody else is doing. A lot of times it's because they're totally ignoring what everybody else is doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're doing the exact opposite. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I'm really happy that we got a chance to talk and I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting up a couple more times in, in person. I think um, I'm going to try to make it out to that conference. At the very least, we're going to see each other at uh, Podcast Movement. So I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. I will definitely look forward to it. I'm excited to hang out in person again. <laughs> and you're going to be at Tropical Think Tank in May, right? You were talking about your upcoming speaking appearances. Yeah. Are you doing that? No, no, no. Oh, but, uh, that would be cool. <laughs> for, the, for, the, for those that uh, don't know, Tropical Think Tank is uh, Chris Ducker's event 
in the in the conveniently located Philippines. <laughs> right, so close <laughs> to everything. <laughs> no, I'm actually actually I think um, because of, to to paraphrase Dave Jackson, because of my podcast, I've been able to network with people and I've been motivated to start a conference. I think I mentioned it in uh, Podcasters Paradise. So my conference is actually in in, in May. It's going to be a one day productivity conference. Oh, that is awesome! Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> so, Where is it going to be? In Los Angeles. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really it's May, cool. It's May 9th. Um, and I've been able to, uh, Mike Vardy speaking, uh, Natalie Sisson, uh, Jordan Harbinger. <laughs> wow. So, so it's all because of the, the connections through the podcast. So it's fantastic. Um, and I'm really excited. And again, a, a year and a half ago, I was like, wasn't even on the radar. Congratulations. Way to go. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, thanks for your time again. I, I'm I'm in the East Coast today, so we're dealing with like 20 degree, 15 degree weather here. Mm. I, <laughs> so I imagine you're going to have a, a much sunnier day than I will today. Well, if it makes you feel any better, it is foggy here. <laughs> <laughs> foggy and 70. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kate, I'm giving you a great big virtual hug across Aww. the screen. <laughs> thanks, Harry. It was awesome to connect with you. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you to everyone who's listening that make our podcast possible. Oh, and uh, best place to track you down. Yeah. To check me out. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, eofire.com. And you're on Twitter too, right? Yep. And it's Kate L. Erickson. Mm-hmm.